What up? Let's get weird. Welcome to the Fantasy Guru Elite Week 4 TNT podcast. TNT is for tout and tilt. It'll usually be tout and tilt Tuesday. I had some personal things going on in my life, as I pretty much always do, uh, yesterday. So we're launching this on Wednesday for you guys. Uh, what we're going to be doing, this podcast is going to be free to everyone. Uh, we're going to make that consistently throughout the season. So we're not going to go too deep into Sunday analytics, research, things like that. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of game theory. We'll talk about a few of the things that stand out for us early in the week that we're looking forward to kind of target on our rosters in week four. We'll talk about the Thursday night slate, uh, things of that sort. But again, if you guys want the hardcore rundown where we spend last week, it was even over an hour breaking down the whole entire slate, all the plays, everything uh, that'll be for subscribers only. So get over to fantasyguruelite.com. Sign up. We have packages for $19.99 for a month. We got $69.99 for the year, $129.99 with the algo. And we're going to be doing a little something special here where we're actually going to be getting you guys all next month. So if you guys sign up this month, you're going to be getting next month of the other sports for free. That's NBA, that's NHL, that's NASCAR, golf. We have every sport covered. Uh, whatever's left of MLB, you'll get that too. And for our current subscribers who got that offer for the first month, which is set to expire at the end of this month as a thank you for just coming out in droves. I mean, I don't think any of us thought we'd have thousands of subscribers at this point. Um, we're actually going to give you that too. So we're going to extend you for two months free, those of you that are already on board. So hopefully that helps. But anyway, my name's Tommy G. You know me from just being the baddest fucking dude in the industry. And I'm going to introduce my boys here. Uh, first, Kevin Adams, Magic Sports Guy. Follow him at Magic Sports Guy. What's up, Kay? What's up, T? And that... Uh... You said a season-long pass. You meant not annual pass is sixty-nine ninety-nine. Just so I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to. Sorry, I fucked up the first sentence. That's great. Well, basically, yeah. I mean, that's your role <laughs> in the company is you fuck up, and then me and Jeff clean up the mess. That's that's actually pretty accurate. Speaking of Jeff, the newest addition to the, I would say, C-level portion. Now, a lot of people don't know this, Jeff, but you're a partner. You're not just someone we brought on for content. So, if you guys don't know Jeff Collins, you know who he is, but. We actually made him a partner in the company. So this is a three-headed monster now. So what's up, Jay Fry? What's up, man? How are you doing? Um, my donkey. That's what I'm going to call you now. <laughs> my donkey. I'm everyone's donkey. <laughs> so, I guess another new hire, speaking of which, uh, Caitlin O'Toole, which we're all very excited about, is on board now. So uh, you could get over to Twitter. I think she's at Caitlin's Caitlin, K-A-I-T-L-I-N underscore O'Toole. Uh, with an E at the end, and uh, she's adding some sex appeal to the to the company here, uh, and she's really good at DFS. So basically what we want to do, I want to talk for a second just about last week, and I'm going to let you guys start and kind of touch on, you know, how your week went, and then I'm going to talk about mine for a minute or two. I've talked a little too much already, so I'll let you guys get a couple words in before I go fucking nuclear on what happened to me this week. So Can I go first? Yeah, you go. All right, so on the pod we talked about – Aaron Rodgers and how I thought he was a really good play and I was sold on going all in Aaron Rodgers probably and in my big main contests or my big lineups on both sites I had Aaron Rodgers ended up coming off of him going another direction and then the first half he had like four touchdowns so of course <laughs> that's how my weekend started you know I felt like I was on the right guy and kind of just got scared off of it should have trusted my gut but I'm glad that we had the podcast and hopefully some of the listeners were able to get plenty of Aaron Rodgers exposure. So that happened. Wasn't stoked about that. And then we talked about the um, 
the benefit of maybe fading Ryan Tannehill, right? And again, the first half of that game, we looked like geniuses, I would say. And yep. then that game goes to overtime, and Ryan Tannehill becomes like one of the better plays on the day. So it was like, you know, him and Jarvis Landry got some extra points in overtime. That just really capped everything off, yeah, to – to end up making this a, a pretty bad week, one of my worst weeks, but ready to rebound, get back out there next week. Kevin? Yes, Tommy. I had a really, really <laughs> bad weekend on DraftKings, and uh, shockingly not that bad of a weekend on FanDuel, which was more the Thursday slate that carried me. But, uh, I mean, way too much digs on DraftKings. I mean, I, I still would play him again at that price. I would play him 10 out of 10 times. Um, and that's a little thing I got on with – you know, with the discussion with one of my friends, like, oh, Diggs was a, a chalky play. I'm like, that's because he was an intelligent player at, at, at a misprice. And I'll play it all the time, especially against the zone coverage. We talked about it. So don't get – it was a weird game flow, that game, you know, with, with them, like, being ahead versus coming from behind like everyone thought. That can roll into Tommy and Cam and your struggles there. But, I mean, again, Diggs really, really screwed me up. Like, I think I looked at my little sheet and it had, like, 72 percent digs which is is bad when you go that chalky and the chalk fails and that's really not my game so i was kind of kicking myself throughout the day for that um over on fanduel like i did really well in the single turn single entry tourneys uh but i mean i really want to just forget about last week to be honest tommy and move on to uh this next one because i'm pretty excited about this like coming up yeah i um i i got fucking murdered this week um, actually, I didn't get murdered. I'm lying. Mur- I don't know that murder is as bad as what happened to me this week. That's the only reason I'm, I'm saying that. Because I, I've just never spoke to anyone who's been murdered and, you know, got some feedback on how bad murder actually is. You know, I know how it is for us when people get murdered. But I think what happened to me, it was probably more the equivalent of, like, Things were like not going well. And then it's the equivalent of someone like took like one of your old grandmother's like serrated edge kitchen knives and just started <laughs> fucking sawing at my neck. Like, <laughs> and like my neck was like half off and it was like just blood and fandle dollars and draft dollars <laughs> were just fucking gushing all over the wall. And then like that, finally my head got ripped off at one point and I, I just thought I was dead, but you know, I was like a chicken without a head. Like I was still like, like walking around, like trying to find lineups in the Millie maker and stuff that had a shot. And and then it just got worse. It was like, like I envisioned like a bunch of little like fucking Vietnamese kids just like kicking my fucking severed head around and like playing soccer with it. And that's kind of the way I felt through most of the day. And then I got shit faced and uh, didn't even watch the Sunday night game. And Felt a little bit better, and then and then woke up to see I had my single worst NFL football day in the history of my life. So that kind of sums up my weekend fairly well. I mean, that, that's pretty accurate. So I'm ready to move past this too. Uh, I would like to start talking about this week, and I think the best thing for us to do would be kind of talk about the mental aspect of getting crushed like this because it does happen, you know. And and anyone who knows me knows, you know, I had a really good week one, really good week two. I uh, just missed having, you know, break the internet weeks in both of those. So, I mean, it, even though I got smashed, it, it's still, my bankroll is still intact for the season right now. But, but that hurt. But talk to me a little bit, Jeff. I think this is your forte. As far as, I know a lot of people got crushed this week. Uh, there was a lot of chalk that flopped. 
Me personally, I decided to go all in with my core and not diversify too much. And my core was Stefan Diggs, who Kevin just spoke about, Cam Newton, who I rarely play, honestly, but I figured Cam at home at 9% should be safe. He was hot garbage. Um, who else did I have? Jordan Reed against the Giants, who did nothing. Fitzgerald did nothing. I mean, my whole fucking – the only thing I think I got right was Gore. But talk to me about how you kind of mentally overcome a week like this and kind of don't change what you're doing, or maybe you do change what you're doing after that. Well, yeah, I think it's important to keep everything in perspective. Like we're talking about how bad a weeks we had. And I think anytime you're a GPP player and you have a bad week, you still, even though you're expecting the bad weeks, end up like super depressed the weeks when they come. And it's like, well, if you're growing into the season and you told me that through three weeks in the season, I'd have two really good weeks and one really bad week. Like I'd be all about that. I'd be like, yes, sign me up because the first two weeks more than made up for um, our losses in week three. So just keeping everything in perspective, like, look, we're, our process is still good. We don't really have to change anything. Like overall, what we're doing process wise is working. Um, I think that that's kind of how you need to look at it. Of course you can also look at uh, the, the slate that just passed and try to figure out where you went right and wrong, but it's important not to just look at the results, but rather what actually happened in the games. Like, are you mad that you faded Ryan Tannehill when he ended up actually really exceeding value in overtime and everything? Or are, you know, was, are you still good with fading him? Are you like Kevin, are you good with still going all in on Stefan Diggs when he was 2k underpriced? I know that you have a little bit of reservations, like a little bit of regret about that, but I feel completely fine with, going all in on Stefan Diggs myself. Like if that's the reason that I ended up having a bad week, so be it. Um, I'm going to make those sorts of moves all the time. I did the same thing a week, uh, with Will Fuller the week before, and he ended up paying off pretty well. So like, it's, you're going to hit sometimes, you're going to miss sometimes, but especially when it's the GPP life, like you just kind of keep rolling. And that'll roll that into like talking about the algorithm, which had another good week, especially on the early and late slates. I mean, just absolutely smashed those slates. Like you do want to diversify with Tommy and the GPP articles if you're a pure cash game player. And you don't want to really deviate from what the algorithm is saying at around 9 a.m., which is noon Eastern. If you're going to go that route, do just play what it's spitting out because once you start deviating from the plays, you're kind of taking away from the math and the science of the whole algorithm. And either you're going to be in with the algo or out. Now, if you're going to even do two or three teams, if you're going to go multiple entry, then you can really start mixing and matching with players, Xing players out, bringing players in. But like we got multiple, you know, like text messages or DMs last week about why is Steve Smith and the optimizers? Nonstop. We're yep. Steve Smith's old. Steve Smith sucks, but he like did like four and a half X, I believe. So it's like, don't question the algo until the algo, until at least till the games are played. And then you can DM us, you know? Yeah. We but, got, no, I, was say, I got a ton of those, dude. I mean, we got them all week. Steve Smith was like the, the hot button topic to the point where I don't think we really rostered him outside of a couple optimals that you did with the algo cup. And everyone, we were like, we were following Steve Smith's every play because we were like, our algo was all over him and everyone's texting us about it and tweeting us about it. But, right. uh, but yeah, it's a top yeah. 20 guy in targets and algo really likes targets. I mean, you can tell like it likes to bring in targets and you can kind of see a defined passing game structure there with he's being like the short, you know, Wes Welker type of underneath guy. And then your boy is taking the long shots down the field, uh, Mike Wallace. So that's kind of what they're doing there. And I really like him again, shockingly, this week at 
he's only 4,500 on DraftKings again. And on the PPR, he could probably smash that, especially if he finds the end zone finally. Yeah, his price didn't move this week. And, and while we're on this, let's talk about a couple guys, you know, at positions just that we're looking at for this week going forward. We'll get into the Thursday night slate and some game theory, and we'll break down, you know, the Cincy-Miami game. But, you know, just a few guys who jumped off the page at you guys. I guess the first one that we should talk about, I actually sent you a text, Jeff, before the game saying I have an unhealthy amount of Terrell Pryor. And, you know, you figure with that text I would have won all the money. <laughs> but the, uh, I know you had a good chunk of them too. Let's talk about him this week. We know what he did last week. We know it was a great spot. He's going to be uber chalk this week. And, and again, we're not going to go too much into players but I do want to touch on on Sunday, but I do want to touch on really the main guys that are going to be super chalk and stuff. He's 4,300 over there on DraftKings. He put up 35 points last week. His price didn't move. It went up, what, 800 bucks or something, so he's still dirt cheap. What's your take on Pryor this week? Is this a guy who you're playing in cash, obviously, but GPPs? What are you doing? So, yeah, I had a little bit of him as well. Once you find out that a guy is going to be taking snaps at quarterback and they're just kind of be trying to run a gimmicky offense – based around him, then the, the upside in tournaments, especially at extreme low ownership last week was incredible. But now we're dealing with a totally different situation where the upside and everything is there. It's just the ownership is going to be through the roof. I imagine he's going to be the highest owned uh, player this week on DraftKings. Anyway, on Fanduel, he's more expensive. He's like 7K. But So this is mainly a, a DraftKings game theory discussion here. But the thing is on Fanduel, you kind of want that problem at 7K – wondering about, you know, low ownership and um, the value in playing in tournaments. DraftKings, I'm, of course, going all in and I'm in cash games probably unless something changes. And on in tournaments, I'm considering going all in as well. It reminds me of basketball, right? Obviously, you brought me on. A big reason was for my basketball knowledge. And in basketball season, sometimes you'll get this mid-price point guard that's just going to get all the usage. The ball's going to be in his hand the whole time. And the matchup doesn't even necessarily matter. It's just that, look, it's going to have so many opportunities and you know, Terrell Pryor is going to be passing the ball on, you know, like maybe five snaps or so running the ball sometimes and then getting some targets, even though the matchup's tough as a receiver. I mean, I think you almost have to go all in on the guy. Yeah, it makes sense. And I want to touch on the basketball thing too. Uh, we did bring you on with the primary focus of being basketball and running basketball. You're a beast at basketball. You're going to be building a team for NBA DFS. So, like I said, uh, for next month, guys, you're going to get, you know, the beginning of the NBA season for free, plus the preseason, which I heard a lot of people really sharp players made a ton of money in the preseason on NBA. But plus our algo, I mean, we won't go into too much detail on it right now, I know, Kev, but we have some phenomenal updates on what's going on with this basketball algo. It's going to be insane to the point where I don't want to play NBA personally, so I'm just going to click the button and play the lineup. But we're going to have a phenomenal fucking NBA product coming out. As far as prior goes, Tommy, I'm really not that in. I mean, I don't understand like what the appeal is in a matchup where you got Josh Norman potentially being on him most of the time on that left side. And then you got Breland on the other side. I mean, what are we talking about? Maybe three to five snaps as a quarterback. And with such a percentage profit you could get in tournaments, I'll probably be a hundred percent fade in tournaments. And we'll probably have this interesting talk next pod and how that goes for me, man. Cause yeah, I, yeah, I just can't get behind such a chalky play in a bad matchup with a bad quarterback. Yeah. There's a lot of guys out there, you know, Mike Clay and a bunch of other really sharp guys who, who I, I'm not afraid to admit that I lean on for a lot of the wide receiver quarterback matchup stuff. Uh, we get, you know, it's kind of listed on Greg Cosell talking about the tape and the game plan for the week. So by Saturday, we'll know for sure how much Norman he's actually going to be seeing. 
Uh, I personally have very, very, very limited interest in Terrell Pryor this weekend. Uh, just for the simple fact that I know he's underpriced. It's the Pitta conversation that we had last week, right, Jeff? Where it's like, you know, it's the price and everything is perfect for cash. But for GPPs, you know, if, if Norman by any chance is going to see 60% of the time on prior, I think that destroys his value with, with this garbage human Kessler throwing him the bar, ball. So I'm not afraid to fade a 14 or a 15 from prior in GPPs, even though I know people say, oh, well, that's, you know, 4X. Well, I, don't, I don't give a fuck about 4X. I give about scoring 25 points at every one of my guys. And I'm okay missing the 4X as long as there's other guys, which there are a few, which I'll tell you guys about on Saturday, which you already know. I love some other 4 to 5K guys, which I think can outperform him. So that'll be an interesting debate kind of as we go on. Uh, any take on Simeon over here in Denver? Jeff, I'll start with you. I know in season-long leagues, at least, he's a guy who everyone's picking up and got a hard on for. I was a little higher on him than most coming in. Uh, I think everyone was really down on him. But is this a guy you have any interest in on either side? It's harder because he's on the road, but the fact that he's facing a, a funnel defense where they're probably going to be able to stop the run and force the Broncos to pass, uh, of course, makes it attractive. He's going to be fairly uh, – I don't, I don't want to say chalky. He'll be um, – Fairly popular, though. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Like, if you're talking cash games or GPPs, what, what are you looking at percentage? I mean, 15? no, it'll be under 10% still. Okay. So that's why I hesitated why I said chalky. Like, if he's under 10%, he's not going to be chalky. But I just think he'll be one of the trendy picks. You know, like, mm -hmm. I bet you will be brought up in shows a lot because of the funnel defense. Everyone always loves to talk about funnel defenses. And, uh, of course, the big week last week. So, every, everyone always – ends up on a guy when the week before he had a good week. Uh, 31.98 DraftKings points last week against Cincy. Uh, I imagine some people are going to go there. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's going to be pretty popular. Um, who else are we looking at that we think might end up being like uber chalk this week? Do you guys – you have anyone off the top of your head, either Kevin or Jeff, that you think is really going to be super popular this week? Rivers will be the most popular against New Orleans, right? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, anything versus New Orleans is obviously going to be the most popular. Do you think it's fadeable, like in that, like in cash games, for instance? Yeah. I mean, you look at that offense they have, and, you know, you're not super concerned about them putting up four or five touchdowns against New Orleans. Of course, it is New Orleans. They could, but, um, like, I think that it's it's a situation that you could fade. Again, it's, it's early in the week. I haven't necessarily decided yet, but – it also be interesting to see how many people talk about that. You would imagine everyone's going to be talking about Philip Rivers this week. Yeah. Kev? Um, I think Carlos Hyde over on DraftKings is actually a worse That's price. That's a joke. Is actually stupider than, than prior, to be honest. I mean, 4,200 at home. I know Cowboys have played decent defense, but come on, man. Like, that's their number one pace, again, you know, under the Kelly system. So you're getting tons of snaps at home, running back. 4,200. To me, I'll probably lock him in in almost every single DraftKings lineup I have. It, to me, that's a really tough fate. Yeah, it's, and again, this is another situation where, I mean, I know Dallas giving up like, you know, 90 yards a game or less or 89 or whatever the fucking number is. How is he fucking $4,200? <laughs> no idea. Uh, like, what the fuck is in this algorithm that would make a guy – who was, I mean, what was he? I'm pulling it up right now. He was 5,100 at Carolina, which is a tough matchup, right? He had nothing but tough matchups, honestly, with the Rams, Carolina, and at Seattle. Then he goes to 4,400 last week at Seattle, which obviously is never a good spot for any running back to be in. 
lights them the fuck on fire for 28 and a half DraftKings points, mm-hmm. and they move him down. Right. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, when he goes home. And then people wonder, like, because we're all tight with the guys at all these sites and stuff. I don't mean to be picking on, you know, specific sites or DraftKings or I love the people, but no, no, no. like, stop. Like, this is fucking, this is a fucking joke. Like, that can't, someone needs to show me what the process was to drop high to 4,200. That's all I want to see. I want to see someone make sense of how any fucking algorithm or human can see that. And why is there no one after that price is announced that goes, hey, yo, maybe we should fucking bump that like two grand. You know, like we can't have a human oversight like to see these mistakes of prior and hide and just go, yo, jack them to 6K. Hey, right, like can we well, have that? Here's, I mean, initially that's what my thoughts were, but as I'm looking at it right now, maybe it's a good thing because we've got Jordan Howard, who again is going to be another uh, popular guy because of the Langford injury. He's a little bit cheaper than high, probably going to be twice as heavily owned. And we've got the guy who we think is the obvious play that is going to be half as much owned, and we're complaining? Like, maybe this is a good thing. Like, maybe this is how we end up rebounding from last week is we're going to have all the value that's going to be somewhat under-owned. I mean, Carlos Hyde, again, he's not going to be um, contrarian by any means, but he's going to be in the, what, 12 15% range? Whereas no, Howard's higher. Be, no, I don't think so. And Howard's going to be the guy that's higher. Oh, I feel um, I feel a side bet coming on. There yeah, we go. We're we, gonna have another one. We're we gotta, gonna have another one. We got to get a, a side bet going for hopefully the weekend podcast. We'll we, talk. Yeah, about. we'll do that for the weekend. We'll do a little more analysis. I'm still gonna stick to my guns on that. But all right. So anyone else here before we get to kind of the Thursday slate and a little bit of game theory that that you guys are seeing? I mean, I know Detroit's been a sieve against the tight end. We got Zach Miller, 2700. That's someone who I'm looking at. Um, again, we haven't done our deep research yet. This is just kind of like first glance takes i mean you know specific games to target might be something i mean usually the easiest thing to do is to just look at the totals and we see the saints chargers jump off the page at 53 and a half i think it's 54 now uh carolina atlanta at 50 and then every other game's you know 49 or under so we have the colts jacksonville at 49 and then everything from what it looks like right now i haven't updated the i haven't gotten a pinnacle today so this is from a day ago 47 and a half or lower so it looks like there's really only a few games that are kind of jumping off at that 49 to 54 number. Uh, just at first glance, guys, any other games on there that you see that you think might have a little more upside than maybe Vegas thinks? Yeah, well, I mean, go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. No, you go first. Well, All right, just, I'll go. Just starting, on, <laughs> starting tomorrow night. I know Jeff and I were just talking before we started recording that. We might, like, get in the car and drive to Vegas because we're both super, super high on the Bengals tomorrow night. I think they're just going to just demolish Miami. So I'm really liking Dalton and AJ Green. I might even stack the game like a newbie donkey and just go like full on Dalton Hill and AJ Green stack, especially on uh, DraftKings. Interesting. This is, uh, I'm a little more torn than you guys. And again, you know, I haven't gone too deep on this just yet, but why don't we pivot over to this? You know, why don't we talk about this game since, since we're kind of on topic. Um, I think that Baltimore-Oakland game, by the way, is a game that I think could really shoot out. Total's only 46 on that. I think that could jump. But let's talk about this Cincy game here. I mean, I know, Jeff, I won't steal your thunder on it, but there's a guy that you really love in this game tomorrow night, and uh, I'll let you, let you talk about it. So Jeremy Hill's 4,100 on DraftKings, and you know sometimes I'll play the Thursday slate, sometimes I won't. Most of the times I will. But in this case, like, I'm – purposely playing the Thursday slate so that I can have all the Jeremy Hill I can get. 
basically the the matchup sets up extremely well specifically for him not just a running back in general but specifically for Jeremy Hill what the Dolphins do on their defensive line is they run a wide nine which puts the ends out I got a, I got a I got a wide nine by the way <laughs> okay all right Tommy uh, a wide nine in football is where the ends go out I think he meant his IQ to be honest with you <laughs> my IQ is 12 you fuck He's talking about his shoe. Yeah, he has a wide nine size shoe. Um, talking about my dick. Okay. So I wasn't clear to any listeners out there. <laughs> so football, um, wide nine. Basically what they're going to do, Jeremy Hill is going to do, is going to run power runs at these ends, I think. They're going to avoid Indomitian Sue up the middle. I think the, the general consensus against Miami was to try to run straight at them since you only have to beat two guys with Indomitka Sue being one of them. The problem is Sue's really good. So the Patriots figured out in the second half of their game that actually, you know what, why don't we just run at the end since they're a little bit out of position. And that worked really well. Blunt went for, I don't even know how many yards in that second half. So I, this is basically the same exact spot for Jeremy Hill. They're big favorites here. They're going to destroy this team. It's just going to be hand the ball to Jeremy Hill every, every time out. And, uh, I, I'm in love with the dude, man. I think he's going to go over 100 yards. He's going to score at least a touchdown, so give him to me. Completely agree, it. man. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, Andre Whitworth, to me, is a top-10 offensive tackle, and Bowling's a plus guard. And Mario Williams is old and not very good. Jordan Phillips sucks. Jelani Jenkins, all really struggling this year. And if you saw what Blunt did against that left side, like, he just smashed him. Like, so I'm, I'm all about that, but I really do like A.J. Green's matchup on – well, any of them, like Xavier Howard, Byron Maxwell, and they've been moving him around. He's been playing slot and outside. So I'm all about the stack in this game. Yeah, and Kevin, that was Kevin just showing off, saying that he knows all the offensive linemen's names. Right there. All <laughs> They're all buddies. It was good, though. I didn't know half those guys. So, but, yeah, I mean, here's a situation with this game where it's – it's Jeremy Hill, obviously. That's the obvious play. Miami's been getting thrashed by the run. I think they're actually giving up the most points so far to running backs in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 26.77, yes. So that was last year. So that number is incorrect. And this year, I got it right here if you want it, Tommy. Like, you know, they were 18 points to Seattle, Second, 30 points right. to New England, and only 12 to Cleveland. So, uh, excuse me, those are points to the quarterbacks. Oh, <laughs> yes. what is Get the fuck out of here? Get right now. Yeah, you, I'm going to throw a stat. They're giving up 131 yards a game to running backs right now. Oh, it's so great. That's true. Let me click over to the running back column now if you'd like that data. No, this is so good. All right, here's a new – No one's going to trust us anymore. I don't give a fuck about these people. (laughs) (laughs) You think I do this for them? Uh, We can never do it at this time of day again, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, this is a bad time to record for for certain. But So from now on, new rule, any data, Jeff, you handle that. Any, <laughs> any offensive linemen or cornerback names that we need to know, Kevin? Just the names. Yeah. yeah, just the names, not if they're good or not. <laughs> we don't want you to fuck that up. And then uh, I'll just handle the cursing and talking about my dick. So yeah, that's how. That's what. That's what I thought the show was going to be for sure. But and basically, after last week, after last week, I think that's probably the best scenario anyway. Considering the only, thing I, about- the only thing I did well with was my dick last week. Oh, no. Can we talk about Jeremy Hill, though? And you're like, yeah, it's the obvious play, but is it? like, do people, No, no, no. 
Do people ever really want to play Jeremy Hill? That whole running back situation, no one ever trusts it. It's always low owned. Like, how many people are even going to have Jeremy Hill? No, no, no. Yeah, that's what I meant. If I said that, I, I was mis- misspoken. I think it's obvious for sharp players who are doing research. Now, obviously, we've all, the three of us, started to go in depth on this game just because I think I play most of my Thursday action on DraftKings uh, just because I don't like committing to players on Thursday on FanDuel unless there's an edge, which we spoke about last week, Jeff where if there's a player that I really like that I think has a Q tag on him that I think he's going to go low owned, like I did with Martellus Bennett in week one, I went all in because we had the Gronk news early before anyone else. I was half a percent owned. Granted, it didn't work out, but it was still the right move. I would still do it again. But yeah, if I feel like I have an edge on Thursday, then I'm going to play heavy Thursday FanDuel. But this week so far, I don't know. I think with the pricing and everything, there's not many players that I'm really – we'll touch on the injury report before we, before we close out the pod here just to give you guys an idea. But I think I'm probably going to be doing more DraftKings this week. So I've done a little bit of research on this game, and Jeremy Hill, for me, jumped off. We talked to Kevin, it jumped off. And, Jeff, it was the first guy you guys – you said when you came on to the, to the Zoom here. So, I mean, that's why I kind of think maybe the sharp players are on it, just because if the three of us, like, immediately just said, yes, he's jumping off the page, it's interesting. But we will get a lot of fading in this game. You know, there's going to be a lot of people who just go to the old, you know, fade the whole game simply because it's a 44 and a half over under with, you know, more than a touchdown favorite from Cincinnati. So talk to me about A.J. Green, because that would be the thing. I really only play A.J. Green on the road. Me and Kevin, Kev, I think we were the first ones to discover this like two years ago. His home road splits are just fucking stupid. Like if you haven't looked at him, go look at him. It's ridiculous how much better of a player he is on the road than home. Jeff won't buy into it probably because there's probably no reason for it. But <laughs> I don't give a shit if there's a reason for it. If it's gone on for this long, there's something to it. And yeah, I think 80-something 80, 80 games at this point. Which yeah, is- and Kev, you said last week maybe he hates his wife or something and he's better on the road or who knows. <laughs> I mean, you don't fucking know. But the, the numbers are there, and it's a large enough sample size that I think we can't ignore it. But what are we looking at on the passing side of this game? Is this something where you're basically just going hill, Jeff? Or is this something where you want some exposure to Green or any of the Miami guys? I'd let Kevin talk about Green, and then maybe I'll come back with uh, talking about Gio Bernard a little bit. Okay. I mean, yeah, all the Dolphins' corners are pretty bad as far as profile. What are their names? (laughs) (laughs) Did you like their names, Thomas? No, I don't want their fucking names. Just go on with your analysis. And I also like uh, Tyler Boyd, if you're, like, really in one of those, like, you know, hybrid slates where you're trying to look for – you know, a lower-owned guy. Monday, Thursday, yeah. Yeah, on Monday, Thursday. Like, you can look at Tyler Boyd in the slot. There's going to be a lot of variance on him all year, but I can see him having a couple big games. Um, I mean, I really like that side of the passing game. The Algo really likes uh, Landry, and I was, like, ready to full-fade Landry, but the thing's been so money that now I'm thinking if I'm going to stack this game, I'll get a little correlation play with Landry. But by the numbers, and we won't talk about a name because, we, you know, God forbid we learn football dealers' names as a DFS player. Like <laughs> – Drake Kirkpatrick is actually a piece of shit as well. Like, I mean, he was a 39 ranking last year, pro football focus, 51 this year. That's really, really bad against Parker, who I know Jeff and I are really high on, like from an athletic standpoint, Mm -hmm. an upside standpoint. He, too, is going to be a lot more variance. He's an outside guy. He's going to take deeper shots. But, dude, in a GPP, you got to love that kid. Yeah, I – Landry – keep in mind, Landry is a little banged up, Last time I checked. So, I mean, we'll monitor his status. I'm pretty sure he's going to play. I'm just going here. We have a f- fantastic article, uh, which I'm going to reference in a second. But 
we have an injury report too, which we pull over from fantasyguru.com where they do an amazing job with injuries and stuff. So we're able to use that content on our site, our sister company there. So uh, right now what I'm seeing on Landry looks like he's returned to practice Tuesday, should be okay for week four. We also have Jordan Cameron on the Dolphins. will miss week four game with a concussion, according to the Miami Herald. Uh, so that's important. The article that I was referencing there, Benny Riccardi did a I, – I actually pulled it over and counted the words not, uh, through the – not by hand. I had the tool. <laughs> fucking tool you thing. pulled <laughs> the article over. <laughs> well, you can't do it from the site, so I had to kind of copy it and hit the word count thing. 9,000 – what's the number? 9,859-word article breaking down, like, snaps and targets and touches. Like, so if you're on Wednesday and you're sitting here going, you know what, I don't – know what the fuck, where to start my research and anything. That's where I'm going to start. I already printed it out. I have it right here. That's me scruffling papers because we're not on video. And uh, I'm actually going to ride through that tonight. So it's a fantastic article and props to Benny putting 10,000 words on that on a piece of paper. So yeah, we're also posting an injury report now mm -hmm. coming over from Fantasy Guru. And oh, that's good information that I just said. And yeah, a staff so. report. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we're, also, have it all. we're also bringing in a stat pack from Graham Barfield. We started that last week. Um, Graham is pretty awesome at the analytics, and he pulls over stats for each game. So mm -hmm. definitely want to check that out every week now. Yeah, so we have tons of shit. I mean, uh, Vlad was the one who actually was on the nuts last week. Uh, Vlad Sedler, his write-up was real good. He had a lot of contrarian plays that really hit uh, in that write-up there. But this algo, speaking of it, it's fucking – it's the weirdest play every week is the one that hits. So I think you – you know, not that Landry's a weird play play per se it's just odd that it likes him so much so that is something that i'm gonna have my eye on anything else in this game guys that you're looking at i mean we said we like hill uh if we like cincinnati a lot then the game flow should be in favor of the miami passing game where we should see some garbage points out of guys like landry and you know we, we've numbers have been run all over the industry about you know these number one wide receiver garbage points at the end of games so anything else here or, or should we yeah man remember i said i want to talk about geo okay go get it so i just think it's interesting what happened with Atlanta in on Monday night's game. Of course, that was a super high score, and we're not expecting a, a many games like that. But Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman both went off. And especially on a Monday-Thursday slate, it would have been uh, – I, I was kicking myself for not playing both of them because, you know, especially in a game like that that can have so many points, you see those situations. And in a situation like this with Cincinnati – I am looking at it with Gio and Jeremy Hill, knowing that the big weakness is that running matchup and that I expect Cincinnati just to destroy Miami. I, I think you could probably play both in a GPP and have it still be a, a pretty good move. They're both cheap enough. If they're more expensive, then you wouldn't even think about it. But they're both under 5K, and I think they both could over have, have over 20 points. Yeah, I think that needs to, you know, you're going to be reliant on, because in a situation like this where you do have two viable running backs who do share the workload and, you know, both contribute to the passing game, obviously, a little bit at least. So this will be something where you really need to be right on the Cincinnati call. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's need, a pretty much an all-in move. on Right. You need Cincinnati to throttle them. You yeah. know, if this ends up being a close game, that probably won't work out. But if you get a, you know, up 17 at the half type thing, that I, I think that's viable. It's something that I always think about and can never really pull the trigger on. You know, it's one of those things that sounds great and you know the correlation isn't as bad as people think it is, especially like when we do uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, which a lot of us do now, which everyone said you shouldn't. Uh, it's one of those things that it's, it's just kind of tough to hit the button on it. So I think yeah. if you do hit the button on it, Jeff, 
you might be one of the only people who does. You will, yeah, you will be the one of the only people for sure. And it's something you only want to do extremely rarely. Like I wouldn't even consider doing it every week or anything, but especially on short, uh, short slates, like the Monday through Thursday or a primetime slate or something, which this isn't in, it's in the second leg of one, but um, maybe, yeah, if you need to differentiate on your Monday through Thursday lineups from uh, the slate that's currently live, then you can maybe look to do that. Yeah, and just to, just to kind of dovetail off this onto some game theory uh, before we get out of here, I want to kind of talk about, you know, this specific Thursday is probably one of those tweeners where normally we're either, you know, you're either going to definitely get some exposure to it or you're, most times you're going to fade it all together. Uh, this is one of those where I think you could definitely cherry pick a Landry and a Hill primarily for me specifically. But talk to me a little bit about Thursday game theory. I know we've touched on it before, but this is, you know, we're hitting a new audience with this who hasn't got to hear our takes on it. Our subscribers heard us talk about it. But, you know, as far as how you've been playing game theory this, this year so far uh, for both you guys, whichever one of you wants to chime in first, and how this Monday night factor is affecting you too, being that the slates don't have the Monday night game on them on Sundays. So whoever wants to take this. I really like the Thursday to Monday. I've been playing it actually as heavy as the other ones. And I know that the upside aren't there in the GPPs, but you also get smaller GPPs. So it, you're not getting the ridiculously sized ones that you get on the Sunday slate. And I do like to take advantage of the Monday night and the Thursday night games together. So I'm all in, man. I've been all in all year on the Thursday slate. And I'm looking at this game as one to heavily target, not just – not just fade. Like I'm looking at this as one of the more appealing games on the slate for me. Jeff. So yeah, what I've talked what I talked about in the previous podcast was looking at, and you actually mentioned it in this podcast as well, looking at guys that are on the injury report that might scare people away from using them, knowing that they're almost certainly going to play. And I'll take it even a step further. Like there's a guy this week that has a pretty good chance of not playing. It's probably about 50, 50. I'm guessing but in a $5 queue like on FanDuel has for their play, Playboy Championship, I'm considering using Jamal Charles in the lineup or two. That's kind of crazy. Of course, on oh. Thursday, you want to pay attention to the latest reports and information and everything. But he'll literally be, I don't know, 2% owned or something. And if they think he's going to get you know, more than half the snaps or something, then we know Jamal Charles has a ton of upside. So those are the kind of things I'm looking to do. I don't know if I'm going to end up doing that or not, but – that seems like a guy that uh, has a chance of making my lineup in something smaller, like a $5, very large field tournament where you have to finish first. Is that a good segue to talk about exposure? Like how, like, so when you say that, like, obviously you're going to have multiple lineups and you're thinking about like what type of percentage exposure to a play like that. So guys can understand that they're only playing one or two lineups. Like that's not going to be something they're doing. Like, but if you have maybe what, 10 to 20, then maybe, what five to ten percent? Like, what are you thinking there? I would That's say I, I would say I don't know if I agree with that a hundred percent on the specific tournament that Jeff's talking about. Okay, right. So, like, if you're talking about a five dollar Q Playboy Mansion Q or something, where it's basically you know it's Ricky Bobby, it's first or last. You know, you're playing to win it. Then I think even a five dollar player playing one lineup can go do that, just because you're basically lighting that fucking money on fire anyway. Exactly. You're not, you're not looking at that going, oh, I'm going to get a return on this. So I think in that situation, now I'm with you, Kev, if you're talking about playing the Thursday slate for anything that you actually plan on cashing on. You know, and, and for those of you out there that don't understand, Jeff did a fantastic article um, on kind of qualifying for live finals. It's on our website. 
Um, you can go under NFL and click under articles and you can find it. Uh, really good job on just how to qualify for live finals and what some strategies are and shit. And you guys have to understand out there when we're talking about Millie makers and we're talking about live finals, you know, where the top prize is so fucking sexy and second place is like a fucking fruit basket. You know, you, you need to go at these things in a situation where that money's dead. That money's gone. It does not like if you have a hundred dollar budget for this week, then you better find five bucks in your couch to play that cue because it's <laughs> gone. It's like when you go to Vegas with a thousand bucks in your pocket. Like if you come home with a dollar, you, you had a successful weekend, right? So you got to kind of write that off. So I think in those tournaments, that would be important. Jeff, if you want to add anything to that, and then I want you to talk a little bit about if things have changed over the last couple of years, because I've noticed something as far as fading the Thursday night game or now the Monday night game, that seems to be, you know, really popular game to be played. You know, cool. yeah. has to work that. I mean, the final thing I'll say about that is a lot of it has to do with the price. Jamal Charles is 7K on FanDuel. That's the same price as Terrell Pryor. Like, he's the 15th, 20th most expensive running back or something. So, you don't even need him to do Jamal Charles things, you know. Like, you need him to do about what Carlos Hyde is expected to do or something, you know. So, um, everything factored in. We get a guy that's possibly underpriced at low ownership with upside in a matchup that I think he could do really well in. It's also a bonus. He's on a primetime game, so it's more fun to sweat out, too, if you're into that. Um, there's a lot of positive things. In regards to the Thursday night game, it used to be just positive expected value to fade the Thursday night game no matter what every single time because any of the newer players on FanDuel and DraftKings uh, would just load up on that game because they were going to watch the game and they wanted guys to root for in the game, right? So it was like, of course, the sharp players know that uh, no matter how good the play is, if they're going to be over-owned, that they don't want any exposure. But now that started to change because just like anything else, just like the poker industry and now the DFS industry, like the people that know the least know more than uh, the people that knew the least two years ago or a year the floor, ago. The floor has been raised, right? The floor has been raised for sure. So we're not getting as much of an edge by just blindly fading the game. Now we actually, I think, need to go back to – our normal, normal process of researching and figuring out, okay, are there guys worth playing in this game? And then maybe adjust for ownership a little bit because there's still some of that um, where people just want exposure to a game because they're going to root for it or whatever. But uh, it's, that's come back a lot. Is that what you're seeing, Tommy? Yeah, dude. I, I actually started to see it at the end of last year uh, when we actually had the, you know, it was great last year at points when we were able to get the percentages for Sunday from the Thursday games. You know, that was, that was money on Fandle. But I, I think I'm glad that's gone too because now it gives those of us that can forecast projections better more of an edge. But I've actually noticed towards the end of last year, these players are going off times under-owned. You know, it's, it's like you said, it's that, that kind of over owned thing is gone because the players have gotten much sharper. Maybe it's also because I'm playing much higher dollar amounts than that's I used to two years ago too. Yeah. So the sharps literally just fade still, most of them. They just really don't like that exposure. And part of it isn't, just because they're paying for a higher ownership percentage. I think part of it is, especially on a site like DraftKings, a lot of times people just like to see where they're at after some of their opponents have gone off to kind of see how contrarian they have to be with their lineup and kind of adjust those late swap capabilities. So I think there's a game theory aspect to it on top of just not wanting a player being higher owned for his dollar value. I'm playing it more straight up now. I'm really just, you know, like you said, I'm just kind of coming towards the middle and just playing it more straight up. So I would advise you guys to kind of check it on your own different tournaments. We're going to start doing pay line breakdowns and we're going to start doing, you know, different sets of analysis on the site over the next couple of weeks for small tournaments and for big tournaments. 
Uh, something like Stefan Diggs, which we spoke about last week, guys, where we said, you know, Diggs will be lower owned in the lower dollar tournaments, but the higher up you go in price, the higher owned he'll be because he was what we thought to be pretty much a sharp play uh, in that spot. And it ended up being a very garbage play. But, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, that's really it. So the new slate structure, just two seconds on it. Do you guys like it or not like it? Uh, Kev, we'll start with you. Do you like the Monday night not being on the Sunday slate? I do. I like it just because I have ADD. So I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready to just cut off and start my Monday and look towards the new slate. Definitely. Jeff. Yeah. I think Kevin likes it because Monday can start researching offensive lineman names. (laughs) 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 You know, everyone needs an extra day for that. So uh, that's his edge right there. Honestly, like as, yeah, but as like someone who has to write for the next week, it's really, really great for people in the industry. I got to tell you, it actually really is. Yeah, no doubt. I think it was perfect when FanDuel had it the, yeah. going to Monday and then DraftKings stopped it at Sunday because then you could have, like, a whole nother sweat on um, Monday. Yeah. So, like, that for me was ideal where I'm just, like, a, a sweat hog, you know. Like, I just want as many sweats as possible. But, um, uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit indifferent. I do like having Monday night games, but they are doing a good job of, offering decent contests for the shorter slates like Monday through Thursday or the primetime slates or whatever. So I can't be too unhappy, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you where I loved it when FanDuel had it and DraftKings didn't just like with late swap. Like there's times I want to use late swap and I like late swap. And there's times where I like that we don't have late swap. I still don't fucking understand why the, the players need to be hidden on FanDuel up until kickoff. Like I, I understand why they did it on Sundays, but I really, one of the things I enjoyed about FanDuel was Sunday mornings, you know, or even in baseball, you know, like when the game, the first game goes off, you kind of know what the lay of the land is. You know who you're rooting for. You know who you're rooting against. I like that aspect of it. Um, so if you don't have, like, just put fucking late swap in then if you're going to do that, in my opinion. But I like You know why they do it, Tommy? They do it because players will go on and see more lineups yeah. and then go and put your players in on drafting. So they're protecting you, Tommy. But it was an edge for me because all I would need to do is go look for Ray of Hope's lineup. And then I knew all these fucking fake-ass tout fucking wannabe sharp pussies would just go there and copy his lineup and put it on DK. And even though Ray of Hope is the sharpest motherfucker in the world, these guys were getting triple the ownership. So for GPPs, it's like, all right, you can get on all the sharpest plays, but there's going to be, you know, a couple days a week where they flop, and that's where I could feast, so – and you got to give Corey a shout out there too, all right? Not just Ray. Oh, I, I can refer to them as one, Corey you, and Ray. You called him him, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a thing. It's not even him because they're from the fucking future, I'm convinced. Yeah, super sharp. Really good. We're going to find that out. Uh, um, they don't have to cheat like Papa Gates Chipotle. But anyway, that's another story for another day. But uh, <laughs> so what I would say here now, let's just go through a couple quick injuries and then we can shut this mother down. So we have some injuries which are going to impact play this week. I think we're good on the Thursday night game. We've got a little bit of game theory, and we're going to go real deep on, on Saturday with the pod. But uh, at quarterback, just stop me if you hear anyone that you think you know, you're concerned about or if you have any information on, uh, or Kevin, if you know their favorite lineman's you know, name or anything like that. <laughs> so Matt Ryan's got a thumb. He's fine. Uh, Garoppolo looks like he's going to start in week four. And then we have Russell Wilson with an MCL sprain. That was fucking great because my, my long shot calls last week nailed. My Millie Maker calls were all on point. And Russell was on a lot of my teams that actually could have, you know, kind of saved me a little money, not won me money. But Cam Newton appeared to tweak his ankle against Let's the Let's stop Bucks. there. Okay. All right. So 
I want to talk about Cam because I think he's going to be fairly chalky going into Atlanta in the dome there. But you mentioned the injury. He's been hit a few times. The offensive line looks to be a little bit of a concern. He, they gave up a safety uh, the other uh, this past week. Um, he's pretty expensive. He's 7,800 on DraftKings. I think um, that we can probably fade Cam. Uh, I know that the three of us really like Cam, so especially two weeks ago we liked Cam. I got onto a lot of Cam last week as well. That was kind of where I went instead of Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Um, me too. So that sucked. But uh, I think we can talk about on, on Saturday or when we do the next pod the, the viability of possibly fading Cam. So I don't know where I stand yet, but I think that that's a situation I want to keep an eye on. Yeah, and one thing before I kick to you, Kev, is one of the things you guys are going to realize, quarterbacks, quarterbacks are always spread out. You know, so I tend to not fade ownership on QBs as much because, right, Jeff? I mean, what's the most sure. highest owned a quarterback is going to be in a Twenty percent usually. Right, yeah. So, you know, even if, you, if, if you're on the nuts at quarterback and you love it and you think he's chalky, you know, 20% isn't the number that scares me. You asked me on the Saturday podcast, Jeff, uh, you know, what's the number? You know, when I think a guy is going to get to a certain ownership level, even if I think he can 4X or 5X that I – start to pivot in GPPs, uh, my answer was between 30 and 40%. So quarterback isn't one of those positions. Any, any injuries there at the quarterback position you have any interest in or anyone playing, Kevin? Well, I just want to talk about left tackle. <laughs> <laughs> On the run. No, for, but for real, like Trent Cole. <laughs> you just can't fucking help yourself. Outside linebacker, Colt. Injured reserve, they're literally like they have no starters left. I think they're down like five or six starters, and they were brutal before all the injuries. So I like Jags for a nice big old bounce back game this week. <laughs> I love you, Kevin. All right, let's go to running back real quick. A couple injuries, Jeremy Langford, uh, four to six weeks. And, again, we have this all on our site, and we did quote our sources because a lot of this we pulled from, you know, different sources, Rappaport, people like that who – uh uh, who pulled it out. So Howard is going to be a little chalky. Jamal Charles, Jeff smoked about, spoke about, has a chance to play in week four. Um, I don't know about that. I get a little worried. I mean, I like what you said for the $5, you know. Yeah, that's anything. it. But anything outside of that, guys, don't misinterpret what we're saying here. You know, yeah. it's he's been out for a long time. If someone's out for two weeks and they come back, it's a lot different than if they've been out for 10 months and come back. Uh, Ryan Matthews has some stiffness and swelling. Shocking that he's banged up. Uh, Shane Vereen's pretty much done for a while. We initially thought it would be the year. Now it looks like it's not going to be the full year. Rashad Jennings uh, didn't realize he was going to miss week three until late. That was a little surprising. Optimistic he can return for week four, so we'll have to wait on that. And then Thomas Rawls is going to be out a couple more weeks. So Christine, Michael. Nope. Looks like he'll get the Hold up. Hold up. Nope. 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 Christine is a girl's name. Nope. Listen to me. I intentionally the Trump no. Trump ramp. ramp no, fuck ramp. you. I if, listen <laughs> back, motherfucker. I intentionally said Christine and emphasized it to show that I will not call him anything but Christine. Because if your parents are gonna spell your fucking name like my ex girlfriend's name and her name is Christine, that's what I'm gonna call him. Just like Darren Williams, who is technically Darren, but it's spelled Duran. I'm gonna fucking call you Duran. And that's how I roll. So he is Christine Michael from going forward. If he wants us to be called Chris, then he can change his name. So on to why. People don't, don't listen to him. Please don't. Yes. So, him. Just like you the could views of Tommy G are not necessarily those of Fantasy <laughs> <Kelly> League. 
<laughs> we need to say that like We're every also, like, we, I literally need that like a banner that just flashes on the top of the screen. <laughs> Kevin, you and I should say that before everything, whatever else we say. Like that should just be our intro. <laughs> literally, dude, I'm gonna get a yeah. T-shirt actually that says that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking to a guy here, Jeff, who makes everyone call him Hefe. Just because, you know, so he's not all about pronunciations there. What if, what if I just decided, what if my name was Tommy and I go, no, my name is Theoma. Hefe's a nickname. It's Spanish, you idiot. And you know, Hefe, no, I know that's that, the correct that's pronunciation in Spanish, right? Yeah, they're not calling, it's not changing my name. Well, what if my name was, what if, what if I, you saw my name and I said, my <laughs> name is Theome. If that was your nickname, Tommy Theome, no, then... No, no, I'm not talking about you, you fuck. <laughs> man, we're past that. I'm talking okay, about... Okay, so you, you conceded that you lost that battle. Yes, I lost okay. that battle. All, All right. right. Okay. Okay. But what if I said my name was Tommy and you, you're going to start calling me Theome just because that's how I choose to pronounce... No. Of course no. I would. No, it's fucking... No, fuck that. Show, show Kristen some respect, man. And Kristen's a girl's name anyway. It's not like you should want that. It should be called Chris. I mean, come on. Yeah. Let's change that. Anyway, tight end, Eifert, close to returning. Michael Floyd, concussion protocol. That should be interesting. Uh, cleared for Sunday, had a headache on Monday. Gates wasn't close to suiting up for week three. I think that's an important one right there, Jeff. Uh, that is a very big one. So we saw Hunter Henry end up having a huge game, playing almost all the snaps when he was out. Of course, we talked about this matchup. The thing, is, it's so cheap to stack up San Diego, man, on DraftKings. Yeah. The the upside there is it's actually shocking too, though, because they're so good with their pricing. I'm surprised that it's been good. <laughs> yeah, he's min priced at FanDuel too. I think they'll have a lot of shares of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, why would you price up anything versus the Saints? I mean, you know, the the fucking quarters field of the NFL. So why why would we price up San Diego this week? <laughs> Let's keep them all cheap. But yeah, I agree. So is Henry someone you're going to be playing in cash? Yeah, I it's, think so. it's Wednesday, dude. But maybe as of now, what the fuck? We're talking on a Wednesday. Yeah, so my cash lineup on Wednesday. I don't I'm going to start a disclaimer that any of El Jefe's comments are under the assumption that this could change by Saturday. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. So as of now, is someone you have an interest in? Uh, yeah, Des Bryant's sure. undergoing an MRI. X-rays are negative. Jerry Jones says, fine with it. Like, who gives a fuck what Jerry Jones says? Just um, blow up Jeff's Twitter with start, sit for seasonal. He really likes those. Yeah, get him. Get him. We got to deal with that. <laughs> Jeff loves it. He loves it. I have it's open bad. DMs, man, so I get those all the time. <laughs> do you? Oh, yeah. Open DMs was a horrible idea. Don't do it. I don't know if I have it or not. I get some people DMing me. I just ignore DMs anyway, so. Yeah. Okay. But. Uh, Mohamed Sanu expected to be fine for week four. Uh, Julio Jones looks fine. Jared Cook, not good. Not having season-ending surgery, but definitely going to be out. Uh, Eli Rogers wearing a boot. Um, any of that? Nothing really big there, right? No. And, and Kevin, I did this just for you. Yes. All right. All right, so we got some offensive linemen injuries. <laughs> we have uh, Lyle Collins suffered a sprained foot in week three. Brandon Albert of the Dolphins game time decision for Thursday. We have uh, I can't pronounce half these fucking names. So <laughs> I'm going to move on. Anyway, that's all I got. This so, makes me looking forward to you doing the hockey show this year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> By the way, be... I'm going to fucking smash hockey this year. I'm just <laughs> going to no, yeah. be trying really hard in hockey this year. I'm starting from the beginning. Like you never, you know, it's not a good sign going into the season if the most optimistic you could say th about yourself is I'm going to be trying really hard. 
<laughs> no, I, well, I think that's a good thing for our subscribers. Basically, what we're telling you is Tommy G is going to put out a bunch of free money out there in content. <laughs> Learn hockey. That's what, I mean, that's, that's what I heard anyway. Like, I don't yeah. play hockey, and I'm hearing Tommy G is going to go hard at hockey. I'm thinking, man, I can probably be decent at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pretty good point. If I, could, if I could be decent at it, anyone can. And shout out to Kay Cannon for losing to me in the series last year that we played. Oh, ouch. And, uh, oh. Shout out to <laughs> And shout out to DraftKings for uh, doing a great job at the hockey qualifier a year and a half ago, which I qualified for, for the live final and came in eighth. So thank you. Is Draft this, wait, is this sarcasm? I don't know if it's sarcasm. No, I wasn't that's true. I did qualify. Okay. No, I, qualify. I mean, but were you being nice to DraftKings? Because you've been ripping them a lot. I love DraftKings. I just hate their fucking pricing. I all love right. all the people there. The I love everything good. about them. All yeah. right. Me too. I love DraftKings. And they do an amazing fucking job at their finals. and. You know, they're good people. They're, they're accessible. We're going to be doing some stuff with them, some partnering up with them on some level. So, you know, but I'm still going to talk shit if I got a problem. Just yep. Things, things sometimes change. Sometimes they don't. But anyway, we're going to shut it down. We're right at about an hour mark here. So don't want to go too much longer. As we said earlier, if you guys are not subscribed to FantasyGuruElite.com, you are complete and utter fucking morons. Uh, some of you guys, we got some tweets last week. Why should I subscribe? Sell me on it. It's because we're fucking awesome. That's why. So I'm not going to sell you on this shit. If you want to win money, come on board. If you don't, uh, we'll see. We'll see you on the other side of our games. Uh, not hockey, though. You should come at me in hockey. <laughs> but again, this podcast is free. We're going to be going to the more extended one. Uh, it'll be on Fridays or Saturdays. Normally, it'll be released Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, depending on how shit-faced I get the night before. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, this was a total fucking abortion. I think we made more mistakes than we ever had doing anything together, but hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, this is the Fantasy Guru Elite Week 4 TNT podcast. We will see you on Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck. Stay cash.